0: It's Thursday, May 25th. This is Accelerate Daily. Today we've got famous selfies of history, Microsoft watermarking AI images, White House making moves, and a conversation about open source project, girlfriend GPT. Also a recipe for patching up bad presentation audio. The AI future is accelerating. Time to put on your goggles. Welcome back everybody, I'm Adam.
1: My name is Kenzie, good morning.
0: We're back with Three Links and a Recipe. Get you caught up on what's happening in AI today. How you doing, man? Oh, it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) We're still in the phase where this part of it surprises you. Oh, no, what do I say? It's also weird because it's every... Like, when you do a monthly podcast, you know, there's an answer (laughs) for how you do it. When we do it every day, it's a little like, I don't know, I was just talking to you in Slack. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Like, we last spoke, like, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I had the back-to-back meetings this morning. Of the type where you're like, oh, I should maybe put on a jacket, and it's just this weird. It's a weird remote employment thing to just sort of go from a life of like, hey, suits I wear to the office, which is the life I've lived, to a single suit coat hangs in the right place because sometimes I'm on meetings where I feel like maybe that should happen. <laughs> I
1: used to dress up for like school. I would wear like like a suit jacket to school, like to high school, and college. just to do it. Well, I liked it, right? I was like, I'm getting ready for the day, and I'm gonna stunt on everybody, and I'm fly as hell, and this is what we're doing. And then, like, now is it like yeah, I'm doing a podcast All with right. my sleeves? Up, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> oh, it's a brave new world. Yeah. So we got this title card here, and you know, when I saw this the first time, I thought that was um, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, it does it looks like a sort
0: of sort of Hugh, Hugh Laurie, John Hamm? Yeah, character. Yeah. John Honeyham, we call him. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a, it's an image from a running series that's been popping up on Reddit called Famous Selfies of History. The prompt for this particular image, the link to which you can find in the description, is a hyperrealistic GoPro selfie of Michelangelo in the scaffolding of the Sistine Chapel. You can't really see the Sistine Chapelness of it unless you click through, but there's kind of like some just some sculpture happening on the edges and he's clearly in a you know, in the rafters of an epic building. Yeah, but the whole series is worth checking out. There's like Abraham Lincoln on a battlefield and there are all these, you know, wide angle selfie looking situations where it's just, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, also, wow. <laughs> like, <what's> that?
1: That's <laughs> no, But the tweet, the tweet goes so crazy. <laughs> Michelangelo, blue check mark, at Sistine Sculptor says, balancing on scaffolding, turning ceilings into skies. Who knew God and Adam would be neighbors? Palette emoji, hashtag heavenly canvas, hashtag holy
0: artistry. Yeah. Another part of this is they also generate tweets from those, <laughs> from those, uh, I had, uh, maybe I'll actually do this. This goes to what we were talking about yesterday, but maybe I'll actually do it soon. There's an old onion article that I've always loved. The headline was like Christ returns to the NBA or something like that. <laughs> and it was mainly just a reason to have an epic picture of like, you know, like it like, looked like an old fresco of, or what you're not, not fresco. uh, 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 Al yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mosaic situation i don't remember michelangelo-esque actually that's the good tie-in looks like a, an epic painting of christ dunking a basketball over <laughs> a bunch of people <laughs> but then the, the snippet for the story was about like jesus christ getting drafted into the nba as the first pick and blah blah, blah. yeah in like 2010 or something i bought uh, nba jesus I think I still own it <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> my idea was to like live stream the whole first, like like live tweet the whole first, you know, a couple tweets a week the whole first year of that career in the NBA. You should revisit that now because you have the AI to like do the live photos. One of my <laughs> first tests for ChatGPT was just to pitch that idea in a paragraph and have it do it. And I told it like include famous players currently and you know hashtag. It, uh, came out perfect. I was like oh. I don't have time right now. We're going to do daily <laughs> podcasts and stuff,
1: but yeah, we can publish this. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Anyway, let's jump into the news.
1: The watermarks. This is good news. We were talking about this yesterday. I'm glad yeah. the story is continuing and stuff's happening.
0: Yeah, the first link from PC World. Microsoft will ID its AI art with a hidden watermark. It's a way to ease the world into AI art without threatening artists. Yeah, the fact that you know big companies are paying attention to this quickly... Makes sense it was just in a, a conversation where we were talking about the stable diffusion getty you know fight and and honestly probably getty wins so we're gonna need for the big players to start coming up with you know sort of intellectual property regimes that function way more like uh you know youtube's ability to flag things and allocate the funds accordingly mm-hmm. instead of playing a game of whack-a-mole with trying to say you're not allowed to use that take it down
1: I don't think this is necessarily about the creative, like a new a new money-making method dropped yesterday, Curb. Somebody generated an AI image of the Pentagon having been attacked, right? Like it like exploded, big plume of smoke, debris everywhere. And then it was going around on Twitter and people were like live tweeting, oh, this event, like Pentagon's under attack. And then it got picked up by Bloomberg, who couldn't fact check it because there's no watermark. And so when Bloomberg tweeted it, the S&P dropped like 3%. So um, new money-making method for those of you at home. Open a short,
0: Generate some cataclysmic AI. Right. Which is, this is not advice to be clear. But (laughs) like, this is a game that that Elon Musk plays and gets in trouble for on Twitter already when he talks about, like, he's literally been instructed by the SEC not to tweet about stock price, (laughs) got in trouble for it.
1: So then he tweets about NFTs and gives me (laughs) $10,000.
0: But like, yeah, that's so it's, so there's the threatening artists part. Which is an okay reason to say that it needs to exist. But there's also a really important part of this, which is that, like, this could become a terrible misinformation machine, which have historically, like, I joke about civil wars and stuff. World War II happened because radio. Yeah. World War I happened because printing press and industrial revolution. Like, these are really serious problems. <laughs> so, anyway, we don't
1: need to get into why World War I started, but we should talk about it later.
0: <laughs> we're happy that everyone is working on the, uh, The protocols.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like the biggest regulatory concern is the misinformation that can come out of this. So until we get these watermarks like standardized to something that are easily accessible, uh, hang on to your tinfoil hats, right? Because most of the things that you'll see won't be true.
0: Yeah. So to pull a quote from here, the Coalition for Content, Provenance and Authority, C2PA, began work in 2021 to develop an open standard for indicating the origin of digital images and whether they were authentic or AI generated. So really what this is, is they're committing to a standard that Adobe is also on board with and a bunch of other major players to make it easy to check against an Oracle, whether or not the media that you're using in your news articles and things like that is is fake or not, which is hypercritical for the fifth estate to continue to function in a modern economy. So Mm -hmm. it's happening. This part of it looks a lot more like the internet, right? Hey, we need a governing body. There's kind 13 of, competing standards. We should, we should have a uniting standard. Yeah. Now there's <laughs> 14, 14 competing, competing standards. standards.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. One like side effect that may be difficult to like determine here is that this, this does kind of like disparage citizen journalism. Because if your media isn't accepted by the Oracle, even if it is a real photo, and the Oracle just says, no, sorry, that's not real, then the truth is not true anymore. So we got to figure out some balance on that. This is a check, and then we need a balance. So I'm looking forward to see the story continue to develop.
0: Reuters, White House takes new steps to study AI risks, determine impact on workers. This is largely about the first wave sort of listening tour, part of doing a giant democracy. But it shows, you know, quick action on the back of what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which was the allocation of funds and the establishment of research institutes and stuff like that. Yeah. This is largely about them Starting to roll out the plan to talk to the workers, talk to the experts, try to understand where this stuff is going to impact the population and start to figure out what, you know, executive and legislative branches can do about it. And, and, and I think it's, it's a good transition from what we were just talking about, because like you just said, what you're talking about when you Oracle up is gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And there's some version of an answer for something. some of these services where there have to be public watchdogs and... Information policies where the people can, who watches the watchers situation, um, especially if the watchers are public companies. So, some de- to some degree, it's public, right? Uh, but also, you know, we end up talking about auditing bodies and all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: If I don't know, I'm not going to make any <laughs> recommendations here, but <laughs> there's, there's trades that I would like to make and trades that I would not like to make. But I think, yeah, this is a really good first step. Something else interesting from this article is that they specifically highlight. Uh, talking to gig work experts, so they see automation kind of impacting the least like reliably employed Americans, which, as far as I know, is like a, a very very high portion of the workforce. Now people are typically overemployed in like three gig work jobs that comprise a full job, various types of freelancing and stuff like that. So the faster these like small simple things get automated, like like a target for automation would be, I guess you guys, I don't know if you have like skip the dishes, maybe like Uber Eats is a good parallel, if that suddenly all went to like drones, then that could be like a really significant GDP impact. So it's interesting that they highlight that they're looking at that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like This isn't just looking at like oh, the HR department at big companies is going to be impacted. Yeah. They're, not, they're not calling up marketing and saying, tell me how you feel. It's <laughs> also important that they're looking at, honestly, the space where I live, although my version of it is like aggressively chasing this replacement <laughs> because I see it happening and I'm a technologist but like as a marketer i'm also aware of the extent to which all of the contractors that i work with could be just using ai to do the thing that they do mm-hmm. which is going to shake up how everything works on that side of stuff and freelancers are notoriously bad at pulling together to do union type things collective bargaining to have the conversation have the, have the conversations they need to have with the power that they need to have them right that's why the government and a democracy needs to exist because some percentage of the population can't Get Organize. it together. To, <laughs> yeah. Not get it together. It's just like you're busy with your job. You know, you're busy farming. Yeah. I don't have time to think about union squabbles. You just team up. Oh, yeah. Girlfriend GPT. This one I actually just linked to a Hacker News thread because it's a really interesting place to just distill the conversation around it, both from a practicality standpoint, because it's tech people talking about, like, hey, does this actually work? But also, very thoughtful conversation on Hacker News, generally, and people talking about But also, I like talking to the AIs. Specifically, this talks about open source models. So the link from Hacker News is actually just to a GitHub repo with girlfriend GPT there, if you want to clone it and play around. But it's a very interesting, you know, th- there's, there's the, the extent to which this is an unstoppable thing. Right, like you might like like you might have an impulse to say, "Oh, oh that's that's weird. Got to shut that down." Yeah, it's open source software. The people that want to AI girlfriend up and have the power will be able to do it, and it's going to mean a thing for traditional, you know, society as we have known it before this is, as a possibility existed. But I don't know. Thoughts? You don't want to know my thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have, yeah, I have many thoughts, but but in some, I uh, I made a TikTok earlier on this story. I front ran it. If you know, like in inside of the comments here, they were talking about Twitch streamer Amaranth, who's known for being ridiculously good looking. Uh, she launched an Amaranth GPT, right? So she fine-tuned this girlfriend GPT model to respond like her, and likely I didn't read the full thing, but likely use Eleven Labs to clone her voice and send like voice memos, and she charges a dollar a minute. Across a hundred thousand fans is. You know, she's getting like a house a week, something like that. So in the tech talk, I said, if, if you are this kind of content creator and have this kind of following, DM me because I'll do this as client work. I don't see it as particularly destructive and I see it as an interesting exercise.
0: Yeah, if I'm completely honest, that's why I introduced the inevitability piece, because that's mm-hmm. the wedge to talk to some, like, even if, you, even, if you, if, even if you're listening to this right now and the idea is repulsive, you're like, ugh. Well, it's going to happen. So we have to talk about what it means for society, especially in a world where you've already got the Surgeon General in the U.S. declaring loneliness like a legitimate mental health crisis across the world. Downstream from the internet and a global pandemic and whatever, there are things to deal with here. You also have the, like you said, the growth of video games, which is where this, the streamer, you know, sort of like there's a completely different media ecosystem than anyone who is only paying attention to like mainstream cable and YouTube and whatever. Mm-hmm. That is like, people playing video games together which is which is a version of metaverse and a version of VR yeah and then there's the question of like you can't stop this so let's jump to to your stance which is nothing wrong with it right mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i don't want to put words in your mouth but like doesn't sound like you have moral problem <laughs> with it right I, which, no i which i don't
1: really either it's just it's just like regulatory arbitrage right like this is something that we should set up now and then we get grandfathered in and then eventually a band hammer comes down but everything you know, it's already, you're already right. creating jobs with it if it already exists. So they're not going to like force your business to shut down. So you don't have like your admin staff and stuff like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just, we got to like, let's, let's do it.
0: <laughs> right. And then from the standpoint of like, look, if it's a legitimate, you know, time will tell in terms of like, is it a legitimate force for helping against loneliness? And like a lot of what we've seen so far, you know, bots, I've, I've been in this space for a little while because I was, i I've one of my prior startups was in the telehealth space and it was about connecting therapists with people. It caused us to be pretty deep in the weeds on research around things like avatars in, in assisted living facilities and stuff. Like we already have proof that robots can make people feel less lonely and more sad. And that's from 10 years ago. That's before they could have a conversation with you that was coherent. Right. So it really is is legitimate. I have a friend whose partner's PhD research was in this kind of stuff as well. Like, aid, aid robots and things like that, like are already a legitimate thing, right? So you call it girlfriend GPT and everybody, you get a good headline. So people listen to your podcast. Thanks everybody. But like, <laughs> but but it's a very real possible solution for agents that can act and, you know, feel like they're human.
1: I just, I generally have an issue with like parasocial relationships, supplanting interpersonal relationships and like in my personal life and and at, uh, like, society level in general, even though I benefit from it. There's, right. like, I have, I have 40,000 followers, right? Yeah. That's 40,000 parasocial relationships.
0: We've only met in this weird metaverse space that is assorted yeah.
1: video chats. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the supplantation is what, like, like I have friends in real life, too, right? Like, I could go to the bar a block away and ask somebody about, like, how college is going. This kind of thing, like, moves you away from, like, I just, I'm, I have Absolutely. concerns about, like, the future of the species with technology like this. But it's just, it's kind of one of those things like, like, what what am I going to do? Am I going to be like, no bad dog? Like, you can't talk to the girlfriend GPT? That doesn't seem like something that you should do with an adult human. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's, there's two parts to the loneliness piece, right? Which is the cultural, like, teaching the cultural importance of community as well so that people still go do that stuff. So people have the thought when they're feeling sad and lonely, like, oh, maybe I need to go join a CrossFit gym Or whatever, right? (laughs) Go play D&D. Yeah. But also... Not against Girlfriend GPT. That's it for links today. So we're on to our recipe, which this time is a request for feature. Bad audio. This one actually landed in a Slack channel I'm in where somebody somebody on the marketing team said, "Uh, we did a virtual presentation. Everything turned out great, except the person who's presenting's audio is intermittent there a way to fix this? The answer is totally. There are already some services that'll do it for you. But I'm interested to talk to you, Mac, about just sort of how you you would build that if you were just going to AI it up, writing some scripts, right? The idea is, what they said they do have a good transcript. So however they produce the transcript, apart from what happened, they have clean transcript. They just Mm -hmm. have bad audio to put on the video version. So they're like, we have these spots of 30 seconds where we want to see if we can clone the speaker's voice to to fill in the gaps. Yeah. So transformers can do
1: this. Like you wouldn't use like a GPT, but you would use like an audio generator. And there's a few like, like existing services out there, like 11 labs. I actually have a contact that's been working on a new prompting language for audio models so that you can include like pauses, inflections and um, tonal variation, which also have semantic meaning. There's a difference between like, you know, and you know, right. So he has, he's developed like a markup to, differentiate those two utterances that he can pipe to a custom machine learning model. But I don't know if it's public yet. But if somebody came to me for this product, I would I would go to him and then see if there's a way to transcribe the bad audio to get like a pattern of the inflection and then use another transformer to continue that inflection so that the fill is good. Because one of the problems with voice cloning is that the inflection is kind of like random and all over the place. It does produce this uncanny effect of like, why did you say that like that? right like that doesn't sound quite like you right so with existing tech this is something that's totally possible just to like plug in the gap but i think there's a little and i don't know this is like my own curse of knowledge because i know how these systems work and i'm able to detect it more and other people just don't know like if like if you don't know what to look for if you don't know what the color green looks like how would you ever tell if something's green you know what i mean like if you're green foggy blind how can you tell how can you know what you don't know Maybe the existing tools are good enough. They're not good enough for me, and then that was my description yeah. on how to like continue this. You need to improve the transformer by adding additional context to the prompts. I've
0: been testing eleven labs with like people around me. Like I have a recording where I, you know, I end up, I'm just hype and talking about AI things, and then I go, so like listen to this, listen to this, and they usually go, eh, it's not you. I'm like, yeah, but imagine there's background noise, and you're hearing it through a, a crappy cell phone, like it's passable in some context and crappy earbuds, you know, but you're right it's it is fair, though, to say that we've reached the uncanny valley. like we're at a point of advancement where the best you've got is I don't know what to tell you, but vinyl sounds better. yeah, some people just can't hear it, so, though that, that may not like we're up against some kind of threshold in terms of our ability to look at what the output is, right, especially mixed in with audio that is good, like unless there's a big blip or a big contrast between the two, it probably works for the purpose of this sort of feature request, like what we could build already. But it seems to me, though, that the broader thing in terms of the acceleration aspect of it is the models you're talking about will continue to improve. Like you're talking about a markup language where people can ultimately kick off the feedback loop of how do you assess whether this stuff is good or not, which I've actually heard talked about in the chat GPT context. Uh, People don't talk about the reinforcement learning phase of getting there with audio, with video, there's still some layers of we need to do the part where people are listening to it, going, ah, this still doesn't feel right, and here's the, you know, but to be able to do that quickly with Markdown, eventually you can teach an LLM how to do that, and then you have a fully automated feedback loop that's really going to get us to, like, vocal clones that are really, really real. And, yeah, so it's just an example of AI improving itself.
1: So there's a question of, like, speciesation, right? Uh So, like, this, this is, like, a collaboration that we're seeing between like like we were talking about like ASI yesterday and um, you actually sent me a TikTok this morning about like an argument against like runaway ASI is that models would not want to improve success of models that they're doing reinforcement training on past a certain point. I, sorry, there was kind of like a logical jump here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I was thinking about that TikTok, I was thinking about AI's self-improving. Um, so that kind of came together. And then I was wondering like, so like the claim is that we're not going to get to this like runaway level because GPT 3.5 is going to, be able to like detect if GPT-4 is kind of out of bounds a little bit faster than GPT-4 would. And then GPT-4 is going to detect if GPT-5 is out of bounds a little bit faster again. So my question is like, if there was like some misalignment, do you think that these like systems, like GPTs for different tasks, like a text to text transformer, do you think it would consider if it was, you know, intelligent, do you think it would consider a text transformer to be the same type of thing as a, like a text to audio transformer? Or do you think that they think that they're different or like? You know what I mean? Or am I describing sentience in a place that's
0: completely <laughs> inappropriate?
1: Uh, do, you get, do you get what I'm getting at, though? Do you I, think
0: that, like... Do you think... Yeah, I, although I don't know if it's just like when you have a philosophy degree, everything looks like a nail. There's a data science version of what you're talking about, which is like, okay, in these systems, how are these things represented and how are they correlated so that you end up with this black box algorithm that does X? The philosophy side is where I'm like, yeah, okay. Put on your goggles. This is metaphysics. Like <laughs> when you name something, something, you give it a label. They actually use the term tokens in this context too, which is hilarious. But like you give it a label and then there's the label and then there's the thing that that is. And it's like, okay, we, we've gotten this weird place. where We were talking about teaching the algorithms and going, okay, if, if the algorithm understands audio, is it actually understanding the sound though? Is just, or is it just a, understanding the words that we apply to the sound? And are they different?
1: Yeah, I guess my question was if I if I teach it to use an audio tool like where does that tool live? In its like mental model. Right. You know what I mean? Do you think that like it thinks that the tool is itself like that's just a part of like my output space?
0: Or the or, tool is its ear. The the way you would think of your ear. Yeah. Or
1: right. well like another <laughs> thing that's been happening recently is like you know like the phantom phone vibrations, right? Like if your phone's not in your pocket, you still feel like a text come in on your leg. So is it like being absorbed into like the identity of these systems over time? You think that they would recognize it as a different thing?
0: Is basically, I, You know, my answer is tune in to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll in see meantime, how this times. This recipe is a good example of, hey, you bump into this problem at work. Hey, I can probably fix it for you where it used to be in the marketing side of production problem where you would have to have a stinking feeling in your chest as you went to your boss and went, sorry, the audio is bad. Anyway, it's been Thursday, May 25th. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'm Adam. I'm Ms. McKenzie. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. Come back tomorrow for another Accelerate Daily.